Welcome to the Sermon Podcast for Canton Church. We gather every week in Canton, Georgia to worship and grow together through God's Word. We exist because generations matter. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. Well, good morning and welcome again. You've been welcomed a bunch today, but that's okay. I am glad that you're here today and the fourth and the final installment of What I'd Tell You Over Coffee. This has been a really cool series that's lasted this month that's really been three weeks of Pastor Jeremy just kind of sharing what God's just placed on his heart. Two weeks ago was Vision Sunday where he and Ms. Corey sat on stage and just talked about some of the incredible and the exciting things that God's doing here at Canton Church now and in the future. And so I was excited about that day. Last week, Pastor Jeremy talked about King David. David's one of his favorite characters in all of scripture. And so last week he got to talk about him. You know, we do a staff chapel once a month for our staff and he'll regularly circle back to David and the different aspects of David's life. It's one of Pastor Jeremy's favorites. I'm glad he was able to talk about that last week. But I'm here to conclude this series to talk to you about if you and I were sitting at coffee, what I would want to tell you over coffee. And I'm excited to jump into that in just a moment. You know, you heard them reference a couple of seconds ago some of the things coming up here at Canton Church. And now that it's fall, and can I just make a statement? There's no way it's fall. They've lied. It's still July. Somehow the calendars got messed up. It's ridiculously hot outside. I'm tired of it being in the mid-90s. I read this morning on Twitter that I think this is like the 90th day this year that we've been over 90 degrees, which is like a record for the state of Georgia, as well as this is going to come to be the second hottest September in the history of Georgia since they've been tracking this, that is, since like the late 1800s. But this is the second hottest September on the books, breaking last year's second hottest record, which makes last year the third hottest September. And so I'm just tired of it being hot. I'm ready for it to cool off some. I love summer, don't get me wrong. I love shorts and short sleeves and it being hot outside and pool in the lake and all that kind of stuff. But I'm ready for it to cool off. And so fall's here. That means a couple of great things coming up here at Canton Church. You know, they've said, a second ago. Next Sunday starts at the movies. And I've said before, and so I'll say it again, this may not be your favorite series that we do, and that's okay. Not every series has to be your favorite series. But I promise you, this is an incredible opportunity for you to invite your friends, to invite your family members, the people that are in your life that might not any other Sunday go to church. And you can say, hey, next four Sundays at my church, every single time you come in, you get a box of popcorn, you get a Coke or a Sprite or a water bottle, whatever you want, but you get a box of popcorn, you get a Coke, and you get to watch some of the best movies that Hollywood's made recently. And I promise you, they're going to come with you. And so invite, invite, invite. It's such a great series, and we take some of Hollywood's greatest films and teach the gospel message through them. And every week is going to talk about the gospel and how it applies to our life. And it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot, a lot of fun. You can see already out in the lobby when you go back out, the first two movie posters are up, so you can see what we're doing week one and week two. And that will kind of continue to update every week when you come throughout the series. But I'm excited about that series and all that God's doing. I'm excited to be speaking to you today. You know, Pastor Jeremy and his family, they're out of town. They'll be traveling back today. They took advantage of the fall break. Students in the room, I'm sorry. You got to go back to school tomorrow. It's over. Teachers in the room, I'm even more sorry. You got to go back tomorrow. It's over. And if your school doesn't affect you in the calendar, I'm just sorry. Traffic's going to be worse tomorrow morning again. 
Um, if you don't get a break, like just know the buses are going to be back out on the road, and it's going to be crazy chaos. But it's back, and so Pastor Jeremy and his family will be traveling back today, so he'll be back with us again next week. But you got me today as we continue, or rather conclude, our What I'd Tell You Over Coffee. And so one of the things you need to know about me, when I was growing up, one of my favorite things to do as a kid was to go fishing. Now, I still love to do it. I don't do it near as often as I wish I did or that I actually do. I'm actually a really big proponent of doing like New Year's resolutions. And every New Year's, I'll roll out like 20 resolutions that I'm doing this calendar year. And I'm big and I try to stick to them. And one of my resolutions for 2019 was to go fishing more than I have in prior years. Well, I'm here to proudly tell you that I haven't gone fishing yet this year. So I haven't done good at that resolution. But I love to go fishing. You know, when you go fishing, you kind of have two options. You either stand on a shoreline and get caught in the trees around you, or you get on a boat and you go and you sit out in the middle of the lake and you fish. And I love to go sit in a boat and fish. It's one of the most relaxing places to me. I can think clearly. I'm outside. I'm in the fresh air. I'm on the water. It's my happy place. I love to go fishing. There's no more of an adrenaline rush for me than when the end of that rod snaps and the fish is on the hook and you've got a fight on your hands, big fish or small fish. It's still an exciting fight and I love to do it. And so growing up my whole life, my parents always owned a boat and throughout their lives, the, the level of boat that they've owned has gotten drastically, it's improved, it's gotten better. Go ahead and throw up this first picture, guys. This was the boat that my parents had when I was a kid. It was a 14-foot John boat that was a piece. It felt like it was about that wide. It was a little bit wider than that, but you get some people moving in it. You think you're going over every single time you're out in it. Prior to having this engine on the back of it, it had an engine on it that it was more of a guarantee that it was going to break down when we were out on the lake than it wasn't going to break down. And so I can remember multiple occasions being on Lake Alatoona and being out not very close to the boat ramp, and the engine decides at that moment to stop working, you're either flagging down another boat to tow you back, and it's embarrassing to have to do that, or you're paddling back with the paddle, trying to get back before it gets dark, and it's miserable having to do that. I can remember when I was like seven or eight years old, my parents upgraded to a Yamaha four-stroke, 25-horse tiller motor, and it was a beast. I thought it was like the coolest thing in the world. And on a 14-foot John boat, a 25-horse engine, that'll make that boat scoot. I mean, it will move at a pretty quick clip for a boat that small. But the biggest issue with that motor on that boat was that the motor weighed too much, and it actually started cracking the back of the boat. And so the adventure turned from breaking down to about every 45 minutes while you'd be out there fishing, your feet would get wet because the boat was slowly filling with water. And so then the really exciting part happened. And this is one of the reasons I think I love to fish. About every 45 minutes to an hour while we were out there fishing, we'd have to start the motor, we'd have to find a long straight stretch on the lake, and we'd have to gun it, get it wide open, get it planed out. And I'd have to crawl into the back of the boat, and I'd have to pull the plug and let the water drain out the back of the boat while we're going down the lake, and then get the plug back in before you have to stop, and the boat fills up with water. And then you got about 45 minutes to fish before you have to do this all over again. It was a blast! Eventually, my parents sold that boat and got a different boat, and some of the excitement of going to the lake really went away when we got rid of the boat that we had dubbed the SS Minnow because it, sh it stranded us on more than one occasion. But today I want to talk to you 
about a topic that I've titled Steps of Faith. And I want to look at a story found in the book of Matthew in chapter 14. If you've got your Bible, you've got your smartphone, if you want to follow along there, you can do so. All of our verses will be on our screen, so if you want to follow along that way, you can. But I want to tell you a story, and then we're going to talk through this story and dissect it. And we're going to look at ways that we can take steps of faith through this story. So Matthew chapter 14, we're going to start reading in verse 22 through 33, and I'm going to read it from the screen. It says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly after dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come out to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat. He walked on the water, and he came toward Jesus. Last slide. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and in beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly you are the Son of God. Now, if you've been in church for any period of time, or if you've read your Bible, and you've probably read this, or you've read this story in other gospel accounts. The gospels are the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and it's the eyewitness accounts of the life of Jesus. And so here is a writing of a story that took place with Jesus, where obviously we can tell Jesus had gone away, sent the disciples ahead of him. They're on the boat, they're in the middle of the boat, or they're in the middle of the lake, and it's the middle of the night, and they're fighting the wind, they're fighting the waves, they're not making the headway they want to make, and then this crazy thing happens that they've never seen before. It appears to be a ghost, but we find out that it's Jesus walking on water. He calls Peter out of the boat. Peter walks on water. It's awesome. Then they both get in the boat, and that's the story. But if you really think about the story, and if you really think about what took place that day, here's you've got a group of guys that several of them, prior to becoming followers of Jesus, had been fishermen. This wasn't their first rodeo. This wasn't the first time that they had been out in a boat. This wasn't the first time they had faced wind or they had faced waves or they had had to sleep overnight in a boat. These were pros. These were guys that had probably spent about as much of their life on land as they actually had on a boat. And so you've got a group of guys that are very confident, very comfortable with what's going on until the one crazy thing that takes place. They look out. And in this storm that they're in, this wind and this waves, they see what appears to be a silhouette of a man walking towards them. And as most of us would probably do, our first reaction is not going to be, oh, there must be somebody walking on water towards the boat. No, we're not going to react that way. We're going to think, oh my gosh, there's a ghost. Oh my gosh, it's going to come. It's going to kill us. It's going to haunt my attic, right? Like we're thinking all kinds of crazy things. We don't know what to think. And they find out that it's Jesus and this incredible thing takes place. But today I want to talk to you about this story and five truths that I think we can pull out of this story about taking steps of faith. And so the first truth of taking steps of faith that we can see in this story is that the first thing we must do is we must look for Jesus and then we must continue to look for Jesus. We must look at Jesus, we must look for Jesus and then continue to look to Jesus. 
So you've got this group of guys, they're pros, they're in the boat, they're fighting the storm, they're fighting the waves, they're fighting the wind, they're in control of the situation until they see this ghost appearance and it scares them, and they kind of lose control of everything. And so when I think about this story, I think about in my life when I face storms. Now, I don't mean literal thunderstorms and literal waves and literal wind. I mean financial storms, health storms, relational storms. You know what I'm talking about, the moments where you feel like life has your head spinning and you don't know up from down right now. And in those moments, you know, if, we're, if you're a follower of Christ in the room and you've accepted him to be the Lord and Savior of your life, then scripture tells us that if that is who you are, that Christ will never leave you and he'll never forsake you. So what that means for each of us is that when we're in a storm, God is still in the storm with us. And so when you're in a storm, when you're taking steps of faith, the most important thing that you must do is you must stop and say, this is chaos, this is crazy, but where's Jesus at? Because he's there. And so as you're going through storms of life, as you have things come against you, as you're dealing with things, as you're struggling, stop and pause for a moment and say, in this situation, Scripture tells me he's never leaving me. So he's here with me in this. Find Jesus, look to Jesus, and say, God, I'm just going to keep my attention on you, and I'm going to keep my focus on you because you're still in control of the chaos. So as we take steps of faith, as we move in a direction of more faith, as we move in a direction of growing our relationship with Christ, as you face things, never stop looking for Jesus. I've got a question I want to ask you. They're going to throw it up on to the screen. Do you look for Jesus in your storms? When you're going through things, when you have chaos in your life, do you look for Jesus in your storms? The second truth about taking steps of faith, is that faith unleashes the supernatural. Second truth is that faith unleashes the supernatural. If we jump back in to the story in the verses, it says, Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, he walked on water, and he came towards Jesus. Now, Peter's one of my favorite people in all of Scripture for several reasons. I think he's the guy that's in the group that kind of doesn't belong. Like, he's a little bit, like, rough around the edges. This is the guy that like cuts the guy's ear off. This is the guy that denies Jesus. Like Peter's just a big hot mess. He's messing up. He's screwing up. Like he's just a hot mess. I, I relate to Peter. I love Peter. But in this moment, I got to imagine there's a little bit of sarcasm in Peter when he says, well, if it's really you, Jesus, tell me to come out on the water. And then I think that Jesus probably responded, maybe even with a little sarcasm himself and said, all right, put your money where your mouth is, Peter, and get out of the boat and walk over to me. And in that moment... I got to imagine everybody else in the boat just kind of goes, oh, snap. Let's go, Peter. Let's see what you're made of. You said it. Jesus called you out for it. Do it. And Peter's got this moment where he's standing there, and he probably thought, man, why did I say that? Why did I have to challenge Jesus? That was a terrible idea. And he has this moment where he throws one leg over the edge of the boat. He throws the other leg over the edge of the boat, and he's sitting on the edge. You know that moment. You've sat on a dock before. You've sat on the edge of the boat. You've sat on the edge of the pool right before you kind of just slip down into it. And his feet are right above the edge of the water. And Peter said, you know what? God called me out. Jesus called me out onto this water. And I'm going to take a step of faith. And I'm going to believe that I'm going to do what only God can do. And when I take this step of faith, the miraculous, the supernatural, is going to take place. 
And we see that Peter then puts his feet down on the water. And how incredible that must have been to feel what it felt like to walk on water, to be in Peter's shoes in that moment. You know, if we look back throughout Scripture, throughout the Bible, there's story time and time again that shows us that when people took steps of faith, the supernatural happened. King David, Pastor Jeremy talked about him last week. King David is a great example of this. Before he was ever king, David took a journey to walk to take his brothers some food. And once he got there, he realized that the entire Israelite army was terrified to go out and fight one man, a giant named Goliath. And David said, I'll take a slingshot and a handful of rocks. And by faith, I'm going to step out in front of everyone else, all of these grown, terrified men. And I'm going to step out, and God's going to do the supernatural. And there's three young Jewish boys who stood while everyone knelt and was called back by the king himself. And the king said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you got one or two options. Option one you can kneel right now and live. Or option two is you can walk yourselves into that fire over there and die. And they said, you know what? By faith, we're going to take a step of faith and we're going to believe that God is going to do the supernatural. And three boys walked in and three boys walked out of a fire and didn't smell like smoke at all. Because they took a, faith, a step of faith and the supernatural took place. There was a man named Abraham, and he had a son, and he walked this son up the side of a mountain, and he laid him on an altar and said, God, I am taking a step of faith, believing that you're going to provide. And at the very last moment, God provided a ram stuck in a thorn bush that saved his son's life, and they had a sacrifice to make. Moses led the people of Israel out of captivity in Egypt and led them right up to the edge of the Red Sea, and they're standing there, and Egypt had changed their mind and is chasing after them to put them back into captivity. And he said, by faith, I'm going to step up, and I'm going to believe that God's going to do the supernatural. And he stuck his staff into the water, and the waters parted, and they walked across on dry ground. There are moments of step, of faith. Joshua, once he's leading the Israelites, and they're in the promised land, they get to this fortified city named Jericho. And Joshua said, we're not going to attack it. We're not going to launch things at it. We're not going to set it on fire. We're not going to try to break the walls down. Instead, we're going to spend six days walking around this property one time. And then on the seventh day, we're walking around it seven times. And we're putting one foot in front of the other. And we're walking in faith. And we're believing that as we take these steps of faith, God is going to do the supernatural. When you and I are willing to get out of the boat and we're willing to walk on water, when we're willing to do what God calls us to do, God is going to show up and do the supernatural. The third thing that it takes in order to take, that's a truth of taking steps of faith, is that fear will sink you. If we continue reading about Peter here, he said, But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Now here's a pivotal moment in this story. This is the moment that a lot of times we kind of get hung up on. It's the moment that Peter loses that faith. It's the moment that Peter starts to sink. It's the moment that Peter takes his eyes off Jesus, puts his eyes on his surrounding, and he lets fear sink in. He lets fear grip his heart. And so many times in our life, this is what trips you and I up. Either one, we let the fear keep us from ever getting out of the boat. Or two, once we've stepped out of faith and we're walking in this faith and we're walking in this journey that we feel that God's led us on, 
we hit this first road bump, we hit this moment where something doesn't go right, and we stop remembering that it's God himself that called us to this, and we start thinking, I can't do this, and we start to sink. The moment that you let fear start to convince you that you can't do it. The moment that you start letting fear convince you that the the laws of physics that you're breaking right now, you're breaking gravity itself. You start to have that fear saying, this isn't right. I can't do this. I I can't have this happen. And you begin to sink. What are the things in your life, what fears are gripping you, what fear is gripping and controlling your decision-making, decisions that you're trying to make for your family, for yourself, for your finances, for your your family, for the things that you're doing, for your job, what are the decisions that you're trying to make that you're letting fear control you and you're letting fear dictate the decisions that you make for your life, for your family's life? So we've got first steps or five truths of taking steps of faith. The first was look for Jesus and keep looking to Jesus. Second is faith unleashes the supernatural. Third, fear will sink you. And the fourth truth of taking a step of faith is that a little faith is better than no faith. If we go back into the story, it says, Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. And he said to Peter, You of little faith, why did you doubt? Oftentimes in our lives, we, we decide to have no faith. But I'm here to tell you today, like, I want you to have huge faith. I want you to have massive faith. But I'm here to tell you today that having a little bit of faith is still better than having no faith. You know, in this moment, you've got Peter who's walked out on the water, and he lets fear sink him, and Jesus has to save him. And I got to imagine the next day is like we've all been around a group of guys that know each other, that spend a lot of time around each other. Like they pick on each other, right? There's a lot of stabs and jabs and sarcasm, things like that. I got to imagine like the next day there's a group of guys hanging out and one of them's like making fun of like Peter when he started to sink. He's like, oh, I'm sinking. Jesus, save me. And everybody's laughing and cutting up and making fun of Peter. And Peter probably stood up in that moment and said, hey, raise your hand if you walked on water yesterday. Yeah, shut up. You didn't. I did. Peter had enough faith to get out of the boat when there was a whole group of guys that stayed in the boat. I don't know this to be true, but I have to imagine that as Peter started to say, all right, Jesus, I'll come out to the boat, or I'll come out and walk on water, I got to imagine that if every single one of those guys in the boat said, Jesus, can I walk on water too? He'd probably said, yeah, come on. Come out with me. Let's go. Step out in faith. The reality is, there was only one guy there that night that said, I'm willing to put it all on the line. I'm willing to put all of my faith in Christ, and I'm willing to walk on water. And here's what I want for my life and for your life. When I'm an old man, and I'm laying on my deathbed, my wife doesn't even like when I say things like that. When I'm laying on my deathbed and I'm an old man, I'm looking out over the the history of my life and the things that I've done and the things I've been a part of and the things that I've seen and witnessed and encountered. I want to look back and I don't want to see a bunch of moments that I was too afraid to get out of the boat. I don't. There has to be a moment in the other disciples' lives when they're thinking back upon some of the things 
things that they saw and some of the things that they encountered and some of the things that they witnessed. And there's got to be a tiny piece of them that are saying, I wish I'd have gotten out of the boat that night with Peter. I wish I would have walked on water with Jesus. Oh, how I miss Jesus. Oh, how I wish he was here. But man, do I wish while he was here and I was doing life with him that I would have walked on water. When I'm an old man laying in my deathbed thinking about my life, I want to look back at the moments that I got out on water and I walked. I want to look back on moments and maybe I sank and maybe it got messy and maybe I started to drown and I had to say, Jesus, save me. But you know what I did? I still had enough faith. It may have been a little faith, but I still had enough faith to get out of the boat when everybody else was too afraid to get out of the boat. And I walked on water and I chased what God's put inside of me. And I pursued what's on my heart. And I chase after what I feel that God has called me to chase. And I wasn't too afraid to get out of the boat. The fifth and the final truth of taking steps of faith is that faith is simply taking the next step. Faith is simply taking the next step. In our lives, so many times we see the end result. We see where we want to be. We see where we want, what we want to have, what we want to do. And, and so many times and so often, that is completely overwhelming to us. We see these massive dreams and we're like, there's no way I can get there. It's the problem that at least I have with like getting in shape and working out, right? Like I know what I want to weigh. I know what, I, what shape I want to be in. But the problem is, is I want to wake up tomorrow and not eat a smoothie and go to the gym. I want to wake up tomorrow and eat Burger King and watch Netflix right? And so it's like, I don't want to do this one step at a time. I just want the end result. Having faith and putting our faith in God is about saying, you know what? I am a hundred percent wanting to absolutely, with everything that is in me, I am wanting to just say, I'm willing to put one step in front of the other step, in front of the other step, in front of the other step and saying, God, I'm willing to step out in faith and I don't want to stay in the boat and I want to chase you and I want to do what you've called me to do and I'm going to put one foot in front of the other and march in this direction that you have called me to do. It's about taking the next step. For Peter in the boat the next step was very literally to walk on water. Now, I don't know for you, but I'm pretty confident for me that if I try to walk on water this afternoon, I'm probably going to get wet. If that happens for you and you walk on water, video it because I want to see it. I don't know that you're going to go walk on water literally. But if you think about your life and you think about the things in your life, what are the areas that you can walk on water in? What are the areas that you can take steps of faith in? What are the areas that God may call you to step out in boldness and have courageous and have courage in? Like, what has Jesus called you out of your boat for? And maybe you're sitting in the room today and you say, I have no idea. You know, I made fun of the fact earlier on that Peter kind of, called Jesus out and was like, all right, if it's really you, tell me to call out. And maybe it was out of sarcasm. Maybe it was 100% serious. I don't know. But Jesus said, all right, come and do it. And here's, here's what I believe for every one of us. 
I think for every one of us, sometimes we're really terrified to ask Jesus what he would want us to do because we don't really want to know the answer. It's easier for me to sit in the boat where I'm the fisherman. I've spent half my life on the water. For those guys that night, they were so comfortable in the boat. They were 100% in control. There was only one guy that was willing to give God the control. And for me, in my life, I sit here and I think, God, like, why am I afraid to ask you what is it that you would want me to do? And as I prepared for this message, it so challenged and convicted me. In the reality of my life is, is that sometimes it's terrifying to want to ask that question because it's terrifying to get the answer. And you know what I want for my life? And you know what I want for your life? I want us to be people that are willing to get out of the boat. I want us to be people that are willing to chase crazy things. I want us to be people that when we step up and we throw our legs over the side, there's a group of people behind us saying, you're nuts. This isn't going to work. You're about to get wet. We're going to laugh at you. We're going to make fun of you. And you're sitting there saying, I don't care. Jesus called me to this. And I'm going to walk on water. And I'm going to go do this thing. And I'm going to go chase this dream. And there may be a moment when I'm out of arm's reach of this boat that I get a little scared and the waves hit me a little rough and I take my eyes off Jesus for a minute, but I know he's right there on the water with me and can pull me right back up. But I'm going to chase this dream. I'm going to do this thing. And you say, so for me in my life, what does that look like? How do I, how do, I do that? What, what can I do? Well, I love, I love teaching in very practical ways. I always want to give you like a practical thing that you can do with this every, every time I teach. I think the first thing that every single one of us can do is have the, if I could say it, have the guts to ask God that question. God, I'm in a boat. I'm 100% in control. I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable. I'm confident in where I am right now. God, in what areas of my life might you ask me to step out of my comfort zone and say, I got to put my faith in you because I'm walking on water. I think that's the first thing that every single one of us in the room can do. And I think for very practical ways that we can do that, I think a couple of them, one is our time. I think, you know, I said it, I said it not too long ago in a different setting that I was speaking in. I think one of the, the, the craziest things that I've seen shift in the last four or five years in our culture is that used to be whenever somebody would ask, hey, how are you doing today? We used to always say, I'm good. Things are good, because you don't really want to answer, right? But we've actually shifted that now, and if you pay attention, every time someone asks that, how's things going? How you doing lately? Our response always is, I'm busy. Man, life's crazy right now. I'm so busy right now. Like, if you watch, listen, every time you ask somebody that now, most of the time they're going to say, I'm busy. Like, we're just so busy right now. Our schedule's crazy. Like, you're going to get... That response. And so I think one place that so many of us can take a step of faith is saying, you know what, God? I'm going to give you some of my time. I'm 100% in control of my schedule right now in my boat, and I'm going to step out in faith. And you know what? I'm going to attend Canton Life, and I'm going to jump on a serving team. Because right now, like, Sundays are our time, and we can choose if we want to go to church. And some Sundays we'll skip and listen to the podcast. And then some Sundays, you know, we'll go to the early service or the late service. But it's totally my schedule. And so you know what? 
I'm going to step out in faith and say, God, I'm going to sacrifice a little bit of me, and I'm going to walk in faith, and I'm going to say, here's my time. Here I am. Like, use me. I'm going to sacrificially serve other people. And so you jump on a serving team. You know, I think one way for so many of us in the room that we can step out of faith and out of our control is I think sometimes we get ourselves in situations where maybe we're lonely and we need, and we need a body of believers around. You know, the early church was set up as a group of people that would gather together and share a meal and they would pray and they would worship together. And that's why we do life groups. It's so important to have a group of people that are surrounding you that when you're laughing, they can laugh. When you're crying, they cry with you. They can pray with you. They can encourage you. They can lift you up and you can do the same for them. And so for some of you, maybe that step of faith, that getting out of my comfort zone, and it makes you sweat thinking about it. You don't like people. You don't want to be around people, much less sitting in someone else's living room talking about the Bible. It makes you sweat bullets. But maybe for some of you, you say, you know what? I got to get out of my boat, and I got to trust in God, and I got to take a step of faith and say, God, I do need this. I need that relationship. I need those relationships in my life to encourage and lift and build me up. So you stay, you take a step of faith into that. You know, for some of you, maybe that step of faith is trusting God with your finances. You know, scripturally, the Bible talks about tithing, and tithing is giving of your 10% back to God and trusting Him with what He has trusted you with. And so maybe you're saying, there's no way in the world I could give 10%. Like, I wouldn't be able to feed my children if we gave 10%. But maybe if you don't trust God with your money right now, maybe you say, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you with 2% or 4% or 3% or 4.5%. But I really do think that there is an opportunity for some of us in the room that say, you know what, I'm in control of 100% of my finances right now. I get to pick what every penny goes to. You know what I think that really tells to God? I think that says, you know what, God, I think I'm better with my money than you would be. And I think for some of us, God may say, you know what? I want you to take a step of faith and walk on water and entrust me a little bit more than you currently are and get out of the comfort zone and get out of the situation where you're in control of everything and say, God, I don't know how I'm doing this. God, I don't know how I'm going to be able to eat tomorrow. But God, I'm sacrificially giving and saying, God, I'm just trusting you. I'm walking on water. I'm just walking on water right now, and I don't know how I'm doing it. God's right there with you. Church, I want you to be a people that get out of the boat. Take a step of faith. Put one foot in front of the other and walk this journey. And God's going to take you to amazing places and amazing heights. And you're going to experience things and you're going to be a part of things and God's going to do amazing things that you're like, I don't know how that's possible. And there's going to be a group of people that say, wish I'd have walked on water. And you can look back and you can say, I wish you did too. But there's still chances. There's still hope. You can still do it. You can still chase what God's given to you. Go be people that walk on water. Take a step of faith. Let's pray. God, we love you. God, we thank you so much for who you are and the love that you have for each and every one of us. God, I pray first and foremost for the person that's in the room that maybe they've never entered into a relationship with Jesus. 
And so today, God, I pray that that person would take the first, the most important, and the greatest step of faith they'll ever take in their entire life by entering into a relationship with you. And so, God, all they have to do to do that is admit that they are a sinner in need of a Savior and ask, them, ask you to come and be the Lord and Savior of their life, to forgive them of their sins. And Scripture tells us that all of heaven will celebrate when just one person chooses that. And so, God, I pray the person that's never taken that step would take that step of entering into faith. And then, God, for everyone else in this room, God, I pray that we would be people that have the boldness, the courage, the audacity to ask God the question, God, in what areas of my life do you want me to get out of my boat? God, in what areas of my life do you want me to take a step of faith? And then, God, when you call us out, I pray that we have the faith to know that it's you that called us out and that through you and by your Son, we can walk on water. God, we love you. God, I thank you for the incredible journeys that you have the people in this room on. Let us be water walkers. Let us get out of the boat. God, we love you and we thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening. If you would like more information about today's message or about our church, we invite you to visit us at cantonchurch.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash cantonchurchga.